Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. It's not like Tesla. It's not robotics. It's not, it's different. People's lives are at risk here. I don't know if he understands that. In March 2006, Twitter went live. The microblogging site quickly built a user base. If you wanted to know what was happening or share your thoughts, Twitter was the place to go. And if people like what you say, they would follow you. But with that power of a mass following comes great responsibility. And let's say you use that platform to incite hate speech or violent actions or just go against the platform's code of conduct, you might get banned. Like in the case of former President Donald Trump, who was banned from the platform for his alleged help in inciting the 2021 insurrection on the U.S. Capitol. However, some people think that this goes against free speech, especially on a platform often referred to as the Internet's digital town square. Elon Musk being, perhaps, the most avid protester of Twitter's content moderation. So much so that he just spent $44 billion buying the social media site with the intention of making it a bastion for free speech. But what that might look like might not necessarily be the best for the site's future. My name is Jacqueline Swan, and this is Technality, a podcast that explores how technology is shaping our future. Today, I'm looking at how Elon Musk wants to renovate the digital town square. I've been doing a lot of media requests about this today, so (laughs) I've been talking about it a lot. (laughs) Meet Shruti Shaker. And I am the managing editor for Android Central, and I'm a technology journalist. I feel like you know where to start and where to go with this. So I would just like to hear your reaction to this right now. It's very tumultuous, I guess. I think part of the reason why I'm saying that is because I've been following this since the day there was rumor that he might purchase this company a few months ago. And there was so much drama already as it is for the purchase to even take place. And there was a lot of people even questioning, like, will he even purchase this company? And you know, obviously I was like, oh yeah, you know, I think it's he's going to purchase it. But the question that I had on my head for a while was what kind of leader is he going to be once he's purchased the company? Because you can have two different kinds of leaders. You can have a hands-on and a passive leader, right? So obviously your passive one is someone who just buys the company and is like, all right, be done with it. Like, I don't really want to do anything with this. You guys handle what you want to do. It's business as usual. And then you've got the hands-on leader who is like, all right, let's make changes. And I knew he was going to be that, but I just didn't anticipate it to happen literally on day one. And we know he's fired three key senior executives, the CEO, the CFO, the VP of legal. I knew there was going to be a reorganization of the company and restructure that always happens whenever someone buys a company with acquisitions and mergers, whatever it is. But on day one, like, my God, <laughs> I was like, okay, so this is happening. And then weekend rolls by and already I'm seeing 
reports on all the different kinds of changes he wants to make, like turning it into a subscription model, charging $20 for it, deciding that he might fire more people if they're not fast enough in their coding and their engineering and looking at people's codes to understand the back end. It's happening really fast. And I think there's a lot of mixed emotions. I think a lot of people are frustrated because they do use Twitter as a platform to communicate with one another and to, you know, promote stories and news and and have meaningful conversations. And I think that's going to go. I have a feeling that that's not going to be there much longer. I believe it was in the first 12 hours of Elon Musk taking over the platform the use of the n-word grew 500 percent oh my god and none of the code of conduct changed this was just like the reaction of the people using twitter so i can see how that space the town square that he's bought just won't be that space anymore no it won't and you know to give credit where credit is due uh as much as toxic place twitter has been and is there's a lot of bullying there's like a lot of really unfortunate things that happen on the platform. But giving credit where credit is due is that Twitter, at least for the past three years, since like the beginning of the pandemic, maybe even slightly before, but mostly since the beginning, because once COVID hit, the spread of misinformation was tenfold, right? Like there was all these stories about vaccinations can kill us or just misinformation about COVID and Twitter and alongside Twitter, a lot of other social media companies started putting labels that say, okay, this is misinformation. They started working with engineers to track down misinformation. If you share a news article, even if it's coming from a credible news source, you'll get a label that says, do you want to read this article first before you tweet this out? All of that is an effort to make this place a lot less crappy, <laughs> like truly. And now that's, I'm almost wondering, like, will that go away? I'm almost worried that all the hard work that Twitter has created to somehow curb stuff is just going to open up like a big can of worms and everything's just going to crawl away. And I, I'm already worried about that. Yeah, I honestly don't know where Twitter is going to go after this acquisition. And I don't exactly know what it is that Elon brings to the table to be able to make it this, I guess, utopian social platform where everyone's able to come in and share their thoughts without getting banned. Okay, I I think Elon Musk is an interesting character because he is a good businessman. And if he wasn't a good businessman, he wouldn't have successful companies like Tesla or Starlink or SpaceX, rather. He built those companies, right? So any person who's a businessman and understands business and is able to grow a company and become the richest man in the world, there's a reason for that, right? So I'm not going to take that away from him. But at the same time, what on earth does he have to do with Twitter? Like, we know he he's kind of an interesting character. We know he leads in an interesting way. When the acquisition was sort of taking place, I kept getting asked the question, like, he doesn't like it when trolls hit him. Like, he doesn't like it when he's affected. So is that why he's purchasing this so that he no longer gets affected himself, but he doesn't care about what other people are feeling? Like, what what is his motivation here? Like, I still have yet to understand that. He's never run a social media company. He doesn't, he's only been on the platform. He has a pretty massive following, but what, is, what does he want? And, you know, there was conversations around, he, he wants to eliminate bots. He wants to eliminate the trolls. Fine, that's great. He wants to create the platform into an open source coded platform. 
from how I understand open source, basically what you would do is you would open the back end of Twitter and make it public. And then when you do that, it's easier to find and track down tweets. So right now, what the biggest issue with Twitter and a lot of social media platforms is when someone tweets something out, it spreads like wildfire, especially if it could be a potential misinformation, right? So what ends up happening is one person will tweet it and then someone else will tweet the same thing and then it spreads and spreads and spreads. And it's really hard to track the originator of said misinformation tweet. So with an open source coded platform, because it's open and you can see the code, you can see the back end, it's really easy to pinpoint that first occurrence of misinformation and you could stop the spread a lot faster. So again, that sounds like an amazing idea to me because I'm like, okay, this is going to make Twitter a better place. But then you have reports that say he's going to lift lifetime bans and allow anyone on the platform. And that could potentially mean people like the former president, Donald Trump, coming back on the platform Actually, in fact, he tweeted today something really funny. He was like, if I had a dollar for every time someone asked me if Trump is coming back on this platform, Twitter would be minting money. So, you know, people are asking him the question, you know, he's considering it. And on the one hand, we're trying to help Twitter become less of a horrible place. But then you're allowing anyone to be on the platform. And that's not okay. And then he's also mentioned in a letter to investors, uh, like uh, last week, he was like, quote, he called it a hellscape and you just can't say anything you want. There will be consequences. What are those consequences? Those consequences right now is putting a ban. <laughs> like, what are those consequences? Elon Musk bought Twitter for $44 billion. If you've used Twitter, you probably agree it's not worth that much. And at a point... It almost seemed like Musk thought the same thing. He says he is terminating the deal. Elon Musk now backing out of his $44 billion agreement to purchase Twitter. In a filing today, he said the platform was in breach of multiple provisions of its sale of agreement, including his request to share information about fake accounts. And when that didn't work, he said that he bought Twitter because Twitter was a crucial part of society and that he was the one who can make it better. But $44 billion for Twitter? I'll try and break it down as, as simple as possible. But essentially, Twitter needed to have been bought out. Like, it was always for sale. The former CEO, Jack Dorsey, he even came out and said, like, publicly, he's like, Twitter was a company for sale since the day of its inception. So that kind of goes like the same thing for any company, right? That's like publicly listed. It's always going to be available to be purchased. I think what Mr. Musk wanted, like I think in his ideal scenario, this announcement happened and then stocks for Twitter would go up and they would continue to stay up. However, that did not happen. And when stocks go up, the price of that company is valued a lot more. And so he's able to justify buying this company for such amount of money. But because they went up and then they fell and they went up and it was such a volatile situation, it came to a point where it dipped again and it just didn't reach to the level of what he thought it was going to be. And I think, too, part of it had to do with his own doing, right? Like by backing out, by causing all these issues, Twitter suing Mr. Musk, like it, it, there was just so much back and forth that I think that really just did not help this company's stock. And 
on top of that as well, because of this announcement that was taking place, the SpaceX and Tesla stocks were going down. So I think he was also worried that, you know, one of the one of the reasons why he also wanted to back out was he didn't want his own companies to fail or not do well in the stock exchange, right? Because whenever that happens, then the value of your company goes down, your marketability goes down, people don't have faith in the company, they don't care about the company. And that's basically what happened to Twitter. And now one of the reasons why Twitter stock was always so low, and why analysts and investors are saying this was purchased first, I think some people are saying this was this was the most expensive tech deal in history or something like that. But one of the reasons why it was doing so badly to begin with, and it needed an outside person to buy the company, was because Twitter relies on advertising. So for the past several years, not only has the ad advertising model changed, but a lot of people aren't necessarily placing ads on Twitter because they don't really see it being a valuable company. And it's not just Twitter. We saw over the course of COVID because of inflation, because of how expensive things are, advertisers are spending less and less money on companies to place ads. So a lot of companies are having to change the way that they're doing things. And so the hope Twitter really actually did want to get bought. If it was Elon Musk, they were trying to get someone else to buy the company because by buying the company, you could turn it into a private company and do something like what Mr. Musk wants to do now, which is create a subscription based model. And that's how you would get your revenue back. And that's how Twitter could start doing well again. After the break, a look at what Musk's ownership might mean for the future of Twitter. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. When the whole insurrection on January 6th with Donald Trump happened, and then Twitter, I believe, was the first platform to suspend his account. And then they eventually banned him. And then Facebook, again, instantly suspended his account, but took a little while to ban him. That decision actually went through that committee. And they came back and they said that this was the right decision to do. However, the way you handled it was not appropriate. Basically, they had this whole decision-making committee. And then they also came out and they were like, this is some advice that we would give you to Meta. So far as I know, they are an independent body. They don't deal with the board of Meta. They Mark Zuckerberg is not involved in that. It's a completely independent committee, which again, I think that's smart and that needs to happen because when you have an independent committee, you aren't influenced by what the owner of the company wants you to do. If Elon Musk is suggesting to have this committee that helps with moderation, then he needs to create something that is also independent so that if there are decisions that are made, like bringing Mr. Trump back onto the platform, this committee would have the authority to be like, this is a wrong decision. You can't do this. Have you not seen the rulings? There is literally a court hearing happening right now on the January 6th insurrection. Do you not see that he caused? this insurrection to take place. If that does not happen, I would be a little concerned because 
it would mean that Mr. Musk would have authority and autonomy in terms of how he directs this group of people who would be moderating content. And we already know that he has some wild thoughts on on how he wants to handle that. And that that's concerning to me. When it comes down to the content moderation and whether it's going to be independent or not, I kind of lean to the fact that it probably won't be. Probably. Just, <laughs> yeah, knowing Musk <laughs> and what he's been saying and everything, it probably won't be independent. And if it is independent, I can also see him stepping in and overriding those decisions because he feels that that doesn't speak to what the platform is supposed to be. Because I believe he's mentioned that he didn't buy Twitter for the money. He bought it to make like the future of the digital square and that this is mm -hmm. crucial to humanity, which mm -hmm. I don't think that's true. I think that's a cover <laughs> for a bad purchase, but I don't think it's going to be an independent committee. I don't either. And and again, that really worries me. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm interested to know what his, again, his motivation, like him saying he wants there to be this platform that is, you know, can say like be able to speak their mind of a place of free speech i wonder if he understands that like you can't just say whatever you want and again i go back to what he said to his investors there will be consequences what does that mean what is a better consequence than getting banned or suspended i fear that this will stifle a lot of voices that are very important, like a lot of people from different communities, like the LGBTQ plus community, Black people, people of color, the Asian community, women, like that list goes on and on. Indigenous people, like it goes on and on. There's activists on this platform. There's leaders in this space who are knowledgeable and really smart. What about doctors, chief medical uh, professionals, like who are constantly every day in a time where we're still facing COVID and other diseases who are trying to spread awareness on things, are they going to be stifled? Are they going to be told by anti-vaxxers that they're liars and have that kind of hate to be spread on this platform? I, I don't think it's going to be a safe space. And that's already this platform was considered a very unsafe space, but now it's going to, it is going to be an unsafe space. I agree. And I think it's just going to push people off of the platform because they're not going to stay around in a place where they're not able to be heard. And then there's also the fact that, like, we've seen what happened in the 12 hours following the acquisition of this platform. Like, it wasn't good. People feel like they're able to say horrible things on the platform now. That, to me, is very problematic. Like, you can't just say what you want. That's why there's laws. People. You can say what you want, but yeah, like, you, yeah, you can. But but the whatever happens in itself is part of free speech. So if you get banned off of a platform that's not run by the government, like it's not fringing on your free speech. It's <laughs> it's what yeah. happens. It is the consequences of your actions. Exactly, exactly. I we all we know so well that whenever there's something that is not with the norm of what society deems correct we know those people get punished right like people who cause riots because of racism and drive into people they get arrested just because they think they have a right to say racist comments doesn't mean that they're not going to get punished i don't think any platform should have that autonomy to just give that voice to anybody i think it defeats the purpose it slows down our conversations it slows down the pace at people 
have for understanding respect and tolerance of other communities. And I think Mr. Must doesn't seem to understand that because he didn't get what he wanted. And I think that's kind of how it is playing out to me, at least. Like, I think, again, going back to what he's saying, I think he didn't like being shut down. I think he didn't like being trolled. I think he wanted to say whatever he wanted to say. But I don't think he understands that by opening it up to by doing something for himself and opening this up to a to the platform to you know right-wing extremists to people who are anti-vaxxers who are racist like i don't think he realizes that he's really opening pandora's box like it's it's scary like i'm scared to think about it me too and i think he actually realized that partway through like the actual acquisition of the platform when people started pointing out issues with what he wanted to do and he was like oh well we'll do this but it's like you just invented twitter's code of conduct like it's already yeah. what they're doing exactly yeah like i think he didn't i don't think he understands even how twitter works to begin with because no. when he when he announced that purchase and then the firings took place I remember there was also reports that he was asking the company's engineers to give him code so that he could go into the back end and understand how the company works on the back end. And it's like, he doesn't even know how, how the company works, right? Like, he, he's not a social media guy. Like, he speaks on social media, but he doesn't understand how this company works. So that already gives me an indication that, like, I'm sure he's got people helping him and backing him. Because again, as I mentioned earlier in this call, you don't become a successful business, like a company, if you aren't a good businessman. So he is a good businessman, but he's in the business of like engineering. And yeah, there's a part of social media that does involve engineering, but it's not like Tesla. It's not robotics. It's not, it's different. People's lives are at risk here. I don't know if he understands that. Before we ended the call, I asked Shruti what she thought the future of Twitter might look like. If people care enough and there's a lot of outrage with some of the stuff, which I am seeing, I'm seeing a lot of people being like, this is a joke. Why would you potentially charge people $20 to have a blue check mark and to like keep that exist? Like I have a blue check mark on Twitter, um, but now am I going to have to pay $20 to be able to keep that check mark? I'm not going to. And I think if there's enough people who are outraged, I think if there's enough people who are saying what you're doing is just killing a platform, then there's a possibility that he might not do the things that he's saying. But I I don't have full faith in that. Like, I don't know how, how that's going to work out. And you never know. Maybe he's just trolling us this entire time. Maybe he's literally being like, haha, LOL, LOL. Like, you all thought I'm going to charge you $20, but actually I'm just going to charge you like $1, right? Like, we don't know. Nothing has been announced. That's the thing. So I, I do worry that there's going to be some severe announcements coming soon. Do I think it's going to be successful? I don't think so. I think a lot of people are going to leave. Already people are asking me, what are other platforms that are better? I think the only normal platform at this point is Reddit, like truly. And I think a lot of people are going to leave and we're going to see a demise a little bit of this company. And I actually don't think the company will do well, especially in its revenues, because again, I don't think people are going to pay $20 to stay on this platform. Right now, the outlook for Twitter is interesting. 
In the coming weeks, Musk will settle into his new reign and we'll see him put into action what he thinks the platform should look like, which from what he said before the purchase is a Twitter with looser content moderation, which knowing the internet, that can't result in good things. I don't doubt that there will be an exodus from Twitter during these next few weeks. The question is just where? Reddit might be the closest, but it's not exactly user-friendly. At the end of it all, all we can do is watch the chief twit in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening to Technality, an R-City Media podcast. It's hosted and produced by me, Jacqueline Swan. I'd like to thank my executive producers, Owen Leach and Jackie Van Dinther. To never miss out on where your future is headed, subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And for more tech content, check out Technality Socials. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.